2: Episode 94, Give Me the Hot Sauce. It won't be long until you're hearing those great calls from Stacy King and Adam Amin coming up. We are uh, recording this episode on August 25th, Thursday afternoon from the Hustle & Flow Studios in beautiful Palatine, Illinois. Stacy's alongside, and Timmy Whispers. Most popular guy in America right now. People yeah. are loving. People are loving that Christopher Walken impersonation. Everywhere I go, people say, hey, "Whispers has got a dead-on Christopher Walken."
0: I know. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> strange.
2: <laughs> oh my God! We're gonna start making T-shirts and the whole oh bit because because Whispers is taking off like wildfire. Oh.
0: Well, then I started having dreams about him actually fighting Bane. So that was yeah, that yeah, was a great. It starts to get in your head.
2: If you missed episode ninety-three, you got to check out the near the end of the show. Uh, Stacy and Tim going back and forth is classic. <laughs>
3: Speak
2: with the devil, and he shall appear.
0: I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> hey, t- maybe you get a throat punch.
2: Dude, I was watching. I was telling you about that show on Prime. The mm-hmm. Outlaws, where he's he's one of the characters, and and I watched the last couple episodes this week. And every time he talks, I think of you. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's kind of wrecked it's kind of wrecked the show for <laughs> me. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I, I can't I just see your face all the time. And the funny thing was, there you know the, the the last thing in the show, they're trying to pull this con on a drug dealer, and Christopher Walken is organizing. Hey, we got to do this and that. And I'm just like, that's whispers, man. He's you know he's, there's a funny story with this. I used to go to uh, the
0: David Letterman show a lot because I yeah. was in New York all the time for work. And uh, to get uh, tickets, they're free always, but you had to answer these mm-hmm. surveys. And then once you got in, you had to fill out a couple of things. And then they'd position your seat based on... So I'd always put down, like, I can impersonate, you know, walk and some other people. And uh, the one time, like, screw this. I, like, tossed it, walk in. They guessed it's Christopher Walken. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so I, I blew it the one time I didn't write down... Yeah, that, you know, because they would have come up and said to ask him a question or something, oh, sure, something like that. So that I awesome.
2: blew it. I blew it. It's taking over America. Whispers, oh. impersonations. Oh, that's awesome. Hey, we want to pass along some congratulations. Zach Levine, his lovely wife, had a baby boy, St. Thomas Levine. So I I know that we've got, uh, if you're watching on Twitch or going to check it out on YouTube, there it is, the the lovely baby boy there, and it's got to be an exciting time for the Levines. Life is good if you're Zach Levine right now. He just signed that max contract and he and his wife welcoming a baby boy. So I'm sure Zach couldn't be happier right now, Stace.
3: No, I mean, he signed a big contract and he's coming back to help this team, you know, go deep in the playoffs. Got a baby boy, nothing like being a father.
2: Yeah, and there's some more photos if you're you're watching on YouTube. Beautiful Uh,
3: wife Hunter and little baby St. Thomas.
2: Levine. You know, it's been interesting. We've been seeing all these players running in the summer league and playing different uh, venues here and there. And, And on Sunday, LeBron James was gonna make a visit to Seattle and play in Jamal Crawford's, the crossover league and they had lines winding around the block and they had to end the game in the middle of the second quarter because there was condensation on the floor, it was just the humidity and everything else. And then that was the game where Chet Holmgren suffered the foot injury and is out for the year. He's gonna miss the entire, in case you missed it, he's gonna miss the entire year. It's a right foot, the Liz Frank injury, which is very serious and they're gonna have to have surgery. He's gonna miss the entire season. And you wonder, Stacy, if, if teams are going to start really enforcing, because there's clauses in your contract. You can't play, you can't do certain things during the offseason, isn't there?
3: Well, yeah, there is, like skydiving, riding motorcycles, uh, UFC fighting. <laughs>
2: <laughs> what about playing in, in pro-am basketball leagues?
3: They, you know what? There's really, there's there there's something in the contract, like Michael Jordan had something in his contract that allowed him to play pickup yeah, games. Yeah, remember that. Um, the joy of the game clause. And I think that's in pretty much every contract is there's a joy of the game clause. So each one of these guys, listen, and you know, we, we talk about this a lot. You know, these guys, you know, are taking a risk going out playing in some of these places and you know, the injuries are going to start mounting up because they're they're not allowing their bodies to rest. And when the season's over after playing 82 games, you, you know, you would like to see these guys. I know if I was a general manager or a coach or somebody who's making the decisions, I would urge my guys to get away from the game, go play some pickleball, go do something, you know, go on vacation, but you can still work out and lift weights. You can still do those things, but they, they spend too much time playing basketball and playing in pickup games. And that's how a lot of these guys are getting hurt.
2: Speaking of pickleball, coming up in our next segment, Jeff Malone is going to join us. He's taken up that in his retirement. He was a great sharpshooter for the Washington Bullets and the Utah Jazz. He's going to be coming up in just a few minutes. And we'll talk about injuries. Goran Dragic always likes to represent Slovenia in the offseason. He tweaked his knee, and there was initially some concern that it could be somewhat serious, but he's back playing again, and I guess the Bulls are confident he'll be 100% going into training camp.
3: Yeah, you know, got the word that he he went back to playing, and uh, I think he had like 19, 20 points yeah. In that Game, uh, you see right there drops nineteen and 88 win over Croatia after being down by five at halftime. Um, you know, you're concerned. You're concerned anytime one of the guys you just bringing in because you know you don't know. You know, there's an uncertainty about Lonzo Ball, and so you're bringing this guy in to give you somewhat depth at that point guard position and give you some insurance. You know, just in case. You know, worst case scenario, Lonzo's not ready to start the season, which I don't think that's going to be a problem from what I'm hearing. Um, I think he's going to be ready for the start of the season. Um, you know, Caruso's healthy. You know, I was over there today and they were talking about, you know, you know, the little uh, Versa climbers. Yeah, you know? yeah, sure. This kid, Caruso, did a thousand feet in seven minutes, <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, seriously, think think about how yeah. crazy that is. He did a thousand, sh- sh- you know, he was climbing, you know, a thousand in like seven minutes. And then a couple of, the, you know, a couple of the trainers got on there, and uh, one of the trainers got—I'm not going to say his name because he broke down—but <laughs> uh, he got on there. He's like, "Hey, who's who who was on here last? It did a thousand feet in seven minutes." And then, um, you know, the other trainer said, "Oh, that was uh, AC. He was just in here." And yeah. so. I was like, oh, so he's tried to do it, and uh, it didn't work out. It failed miserably. <laughs> he, I think he got like 300 in like 25 minutes. Like, AC oh. fresh. Yeah, AC fresh, <laughs> boy. He, that tells you a guy's in shape.
2: Yeah. Hey, uh, our guy Young Jordan uh, shouting out on the Twist chat, saying that it's a missed opportunity for Stacy to say, what are you doing, Dragic, getting hurt in the summer?
3: <laughs> Those days are over. <laughs> you
2: know, he's one that. of us now, right? He's one of us. He's in Bulls Nation now.
3: Yeah. We open him we open up with uh, open arms and welcome him in to the family.
2: Yeah. So get the memo, huh? Never go against the family, right? Never go against the family. (laughs) You'll never hear, did
3: he get the memo? No, no,
2: no. Well, Dragic is 36 now, but Andre Drummond, the other major addition for the Bulls in the offseason, is only 28. And when you look at his career statistics, he's led the league in rebounding a couple of times. His career averages rank right up there with the all-time greats. And he was talking this week about he wants to be remembered as the greatest rebounder of all time when he's done. And it's, it's going to be interesting to see what kind of role he's going to carve out with the Bulls because obviously Vucevic is the starter and he's going to play about 30 minutes a game.
3: He Listen, I saw the, I saw the quote. he's part of Chicago right now, so I'm not not going to kill him, okay? But when he said he's going to be better than Will Chamberlain, I'm like, come on, man. What? (laughs) (laughs) No way. Will Chamberlain, listen, Will Chamberlain is a guy that changed the game. Like, just because of his athleticism. You heard Bill Russell talk about him, that he's the greatest player of all time. And that's coming from another great player of all time. And when you talk about a guy, you know, look, on the, <laughs> on the, I'm on my way. By the time I retire, I'll go down as best rebounder, if not already.
2: Well, Russell and Chamberlain averaged over 20 rebounds a game every year.
3: Yeah, I mean, but you, you, the stories that you hear about, you know, when you hear about Wilt, so everybody said you scored too much. So Wilt says, all right. In more I'll ways than one. I'll, I'll oh, wow, Mark. <laughs> Mark, he's not even here anymore. <laughs> Wilt. I'm mad at you, boy. So that's so, another Hall of Fame. <laughs> there's two different Hall of Fames, buddy. Okay, there's the basketball Hall of Fame and there's the freaky Hall of Fame. And he's he's got a, he's got a bust in there, all right. Yeah.
0: There's a good year and a great year. Good year has a lot of rubber. You know what I mean? Wow.
2: Oh my goodness. Okay.
3: So so as I was saying, I he really was rehearsing re- that last yeah, time yeah. in front of the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> He's performing in his 80s. (laughs) Um, Before I was really interrupted by the two freaks, um, what I was saying, America, was that this is a guy when they said, "Well, you score too much. So he says, you know what? Okay, good. I'm going to lead the league in assists. And he led the league as a seven-footer, led the league in assists. And then they said he couldn't score anymore, and then he went back and led the league in scoring. So you're not going to find any player as dominant as Wilt Chamberlain was. I'm sorry. I mean, Andre's on our team now. And he may go down as a as a very good rebounder, mm-hmm. but you're talking about great rebounder. You're talking about a guy that's putting up 20 rebounds a game. You know, you're, yeah. you're, you're putting up 20 rebounds a game and averaging that. That's that's a great rebounder.
2: And a guy who played in Detroit and Chicago named Dennis Rodman was pretty good uh, at about six seven grabbing oh, the rebounds. West
3: unsailed. I mean, there's yeah. a ton of guys that you know were great great rebounders. You know, so to say you're better than those guys and you're going to go down is great. I I, I, I love the confidence. If you come out and get me 14, 15 rebounds for the Bulls and do do for the Bulls what you did against the Bulls, then we're in good shape because he was a Bulls killer when it came to offensive rebounding. I mean, he he would probably, I, I, I'd like to know what his average is, but I'm guarantee you, you know, it's somewhere between that five and seven offensive rebounds um, per game against the Bulls. Um, great offensive rebounder.
2: Yeah, he had a handful of 20.20 20 rebound games in his career against the Bulls. Other big story in the NBA this week, Kevin Durant uh, rescinded his trade request. He made peace. There was a big powwow in Los Angeles with Durant and his agent and Sean Marks and Steve Nash and the owners of the Brooklyn Nets, and they decided, which really was the only logical thing to do, he has a four-year contract in front of him. Honor your contract and play.
3: Kudos to the Brooklyn Nets. Okay, They finally did something that every other team now has to do, okay? the players have too much leverage and power, okay? And at the end of the day, you have a contract. Your contract has multiple years on it. So that means the team has the upper hand. You don't have to trade a Kyrie, you don't have to trade a Kevin Durant because they have multiple years left on their deal. So if it was a one-year deal, I see your point. Now you gotta say, okay, he doesn't wanna be here, we gotta try to move him, boom, boom, boom. But when you're talking about a four years left on your contract, yeah. Man, you better shut up and play. And so they finally, finally the demand was fire Steve Nash. Fire Sean Marks. Get them out of here. And then if you do that, then I'll stay. Well, the owner said, No, and no, and you're gonna play. And if you wanna if yeah. you don't wanna play, then go home and you won't get paid.
2: Yeah, bravo. I mean you saw Anthony Davis forced his way out of New Orleans when he had a year and a half left on his contract. James Harden basically quit playing in Houston to force a trade. Ben Simmons did the same thing in Philadelphia. The trend was going to hurt the league. And finally, somebody said, no, I'm not going to do it. You've got a contract. You're going to honor it. So we applaud Joe Tsai for holding his ground. And now Kevin Durant's going to play for the Brooklyn Nets, which elevates them to a status of contender. I mean, when you look at the Eastern Conference, which is already loaded, people were projecting Brooklyn after a Durant trade as maybe a, a, you know, a play-in team. Well, they're in the race for a top-four spot now.
3: Well, I mean, they're, they're going to be a dangerous team because if you if you have Kyrie Irving playing a full season. Ben you know, Simmons. Ben Simmons playing a full season. See, Ben Simmons now doesn't have to worry about shooting. He'll play center. You can play him a stretch four or five, whatever. Yeah. He he now can run your transition, get out and break, because you know, Kyrie Irving wants to get out and run anyway. So you pitch the ball ahead to him or Durant. Okay, you get Joe Harris back, you get a three-point shooter. So the players and the pieces that they have on that roster is a team that's really a top five team in the Eastern Conference that can come out of the Eastern Conference if they stay healthy.
2: And they picked up Royce O'Neill in a trade that nobody really talked about. But now that you've got all those pieces back. He fits in perfectly as a defensive minded small forward.
3: Well, he kind of plays that role of uh, Bruce Brown. Right. You know, right. Um, and a guy that can make three point shots. He can shoot three. So, a lot of versatility with Royce O'Neill. And, and, but at the end of the day, you know, it's, it, you're going to see a team now that has something to prove. You know, they're going to come out and they're going to say, hey, look, you know what? Let's let bygones be bygones. We got our hands slapped the owners slapped their hands <laughs> that we're going <laughs> to play and let's go out here and win. Cause it's all about championships. You, these guys are concerned about their legacy. Okay. At the end of the day, Kyrie Irving is concerned about his legacy. At the end of the day, Kevin Durant is concerned about his legacy. And if you're going to keep pulling these stunts, then your legacy is going to be shot and people are going to look at you when your career is over. Is like this guy, you know, could never be happy, never be content. He's not a leader, never led a team anywhere. He was always a guy that like Charles Barkley said, he rode the bus when someone else is driving it, and he is such a talented player that he can lead a team to a championship. He just got to lose the rabbit ear, stop getting into arguments with people about the silliest things on Twitter. I've never seen a player <laughs> like Kevin Durant's status get into more you know Twitter beefs. social media yeah. fights with fans like those. You, listen, lions don't care about the opinion of sheep. That's yeah. your attitude. You, you're on top of the mountain, the sheep are down there. Stay on top of the mountain. You don't hear, you don't hear the noise. The only time you hear the noise when you go down there, it's time to eat. Then you hear the sheep, you know, bah, bah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> One guy who's no sheep is uh, Chicago native Patrick Beverly. He's been fighting and clawing his way to, uh, to a really good NBA career. He's getting paid very well. And now he was traded from the Utah Jazz to the Los Angeles Lakers for another Chicagoan, Talon Horton Tucker, along with Stanley Johnson, who had a cup of coffee with the Bulls. How does Patrick Beverly fit with the Lakers? If you're watching this, you see Stacey shaking his head.
3: America. Five years too late, okay? The, the, this, is the worst, this is the worst move for the Lakers, if you ask me. It seems like they've gotten older now. Right, two, two guys they just left that let go were 24, 25 years old. You, they've been talking about them being too old anyway. Younger and, then, and more athletic. Yes. yes. And <laughs> now you lose two young athletic wing players. And how about like this? How about this? You could have got Patrick Beverly probably for a future second round pick. You didn't have to give up, you know, your, one of your good young players for him. You could have you possibly thrown a second round pick at Utah to get rid well, of they had him. had to
2: match his salary.
3: Uh, what, what kind of salary he got?
2: Well, Horton Tucker is making like $10 million. And then they had to throw in Stanley Johnson, too, to, um, to equal – I mean, I'm, I'm, Pat not, was I'm not
3: even making that trade because, yeah. because the simple fact is Patrick Beverly brings nothing to your team other than he's not that defensive stopper that he once was. Right. Okay, He's not that guy that goes, you go out there and you stop a guy. He's not that guy. He's still an adequate defensive player. But you just kind of shook up the dynamics of your team. How is Russell Westbrook going to get along with him?
2: They hate each other. That's
3: what I'm saying. How How <laughs> – Your chemistry is completely messed up They're going to have to trade Westbrook. You're completely messed up, and then you've gotten older. You know, it seems like, I guarantee you, man, I've been reading some of what fans have to say. You know, when you read, like somebody will have an article, and then you read what the fans have to say, because I always like to read the comments. And there's a lot of faction out there that says, hey, they can't wait for LeBron James to retire or go somewhere else, because a lot of the fans are really upset that the team has no assets, they're, they're giving their assets away and not really getting anything in return. And this is an old team. It's like LeBron is bringing all his friends to mm-hmm. the to the Lakers. And it's not helping them at all. They're not winning.
2: Well, you watch for training camp. They'll bring back Dwight Howard and Carmelo Anthony, too. And they'll still be the oldest team in the league. Hey, when it comes to insurance for your auto home and business, make sure you contact our good friend. He's the king of insurance, nationwide agent Jeff Vukovic. You can reach him at jeffvuk.com. That's Jeff vuk.com if you're watching us on the live twitch feed or checking us out on youtube you can see all his information there jeff is a great chicago sports fan he backs all of the chicago teams and been a big presence on bulls games for a number of years and he's also got a very catchy jingle stacy
3: nationwide is on your side
2: yes indeed so contact our good buddy jeff Vukovich, nationwide insurance we got a special treat coming up next one of the great mid-range shooters of the late 80s and early 90s jeff malone our special guest as episode 94 give me the hot sauce rolls on (music) episode 94 give me the hot sauce rolls on It is now time to welcome in a very special guest you know him the older fans who've watched the nba through the 80s and 90s jeff malone a sharp shooting guard for the washington wizards and the Utah Jazz and a couple of other teams averaged 19 points a game for his NBA career. Jeff, welcome in. Uh, how, how did you and Stacy uh, get to know each other?
4: Well, you know, we playing against him all those years, and, and he's kicking, kicking my butt over there in Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, but when I met Stacey and then we ended up playing together a little bit in Miami, so been knowing him a while, man. Great guy, man. And I watch him on TV when you guys have games, too, so.
3: Good, good your check's out. in the mail, Jeff. Your check's in the mail. I okay. appreciate that, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, we, we talk about this new NBA and, you know, how, uh-huh. how shooting is a premium now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I talk to some of the old guys that played, you know, when we played, I say, well, what would you have done in this league? And you were one, right. of, the, one of the best shooters in your time. How would you have done in this league with the way the rules are set up for shooters? Well, I would
4: have had to stretch my game. So, you know, Trace, I was a mid range guy, and I'd come off screens and I did all my stuff within the three point line, but I would have had to improve on my three point shooting. No question about that. But one thing I don't like guys stand in the corner and wait. I was more, I like to move without the ball. So, but I would have had to improve my three point shooting. I think if I had done that, I'd probably be, you know, a much better player in this generation. So,
2: well, you made a couple of all star teams. Uh, You averaged uh, 24 points a game one season and and as you mentioned the fact the game has changed so much so uh, mm-hmm. back then you were trying to get the best shot as close right. to the basket as you could now everybody's just driving in the basket kicking it out to the three-point yeah. line what do you think about today's game do you think it is has been kind of uh, reduced to a three-point shooting contest a little bit
4: yeah yeah i think the game is in a great place uh, i think we got some real even when lebron and katie and those guys moved i think the game is in a great place but, you know, we used to run on the fast break and try to get a layup. Right. These guys run to the corner.
5: <laughs> like
4: PJ Tucker, PJ Tucker, he'll run straight to the corner and they don't try to get the layups and the hypersending shots. So it's just a long distance shooting game. And I work in a program out here called Reach, working with young kids, club type of system. All my guys come up there and I try to get them to start in close shooting. They jacking up three, 11, 12 years old. So Steph Curry and those guys and put this game in a place. <laughs> and everybody, when I go to camps and do things, they talk about who, I said, who's your favorite player? They'll skip over Katie and LeBron. They go straight to Steph. So, mm. Hey, it is what it is. And that's the new game. And I don't know if it's going to go back, but I like running sets. You know, how you run pin down stage, yep, yep. things like that. Single double doubles. Screens, like, yeah. Single double. They don't do that anymore. So every now and then they may do that, but the game is just a pick and roll, kick out. And uh, just a little different, but I, I enjoy
3: watching it. It's a good game. We, you know, we were talking about before we came on. We were talking about, you know, Pat Riley, and both of oh, us ooh. played in Miami. <laughs> 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 hey, hey, whoa, whoa! Uh, whoa. You know, I, I tell stories to to our listeners Damn. about playing for Pat Riley, and I think sometimes mm-hmm. they don't believe me. Like they're like, "Oh, it wasn't right. that bad. It wasn't that bad." So why don't you give our listeners a little little insight of what it was like for that one year you played down in Miami? Okay. Okay, I land in Miami. And after Philly let me go,
4: I land and get there beautiful Miami, right? You're feeling like, man, I'm in Miami. Well, once I got to that practice thing, when he started doing those 17s, that's <laughs> they was timing it. They, they would tell you if you didn't make it, you like you have to do four, four days. If you didn't make it, you have to keep doing it until you make it. Yep. So I and I like I was telling you before the show, I, I really I called my wife one night after been about three or four days. I said, I said so let's see, I'm getting ready to retire, man. I can't do this. Now. But <laughs> she told me to hang in there, I hung in there, and it really worked out for me. I lost some weight, and the guys were great. You know, Alonzo, Morning, and Tim Hardaway, And I enjoyed the atmosphere, just talking to Pat. But that was a hard, hard two months for me. That was hard. But it helped me, though, so I can't complain.
2: Yeah, Jeff, I worked with... Then,
4: wait, 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 one more thing. Yeah, then we met you guys in the playoffs. We met you guys in the first round of the playoffs. See? And I going to tell you what he did before the game. He played Rocky. Here comes Rocky. Man, we got fired up, right? Man, stay, we got out there. We were down by 20. I told the guys, man, we need to put that Rocky song back
3: on. <laughs> yeah, we bet you guys' first round that down. <laughs> you got knocked out. He's straight
2: Stacy, was that the MJ Hooters series?
3: No, yeah. No, 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 no. He's talking about when, the, is that with the 72 and 10 Bulls? Uh, it could have been. That was like, what, ninety-five, ninety-six. Yeah, what it was. was a, it was. Oh, a okay. And we beat yeah. him. We had beat him in Miami because we had like six players because we had just yeah. made that <laughs> trade for Tim Hardaway. And he hadn't came in yet. So we played him with like six players. And then Rex Chapman had a huge game. Like had like a forty yeah, point game. And I remember telling Rex after the game, I was like, all right, man, I'm just gonna tell you right you're now, done. you're finished. MJ's gonna <laughs> get you <two laughs> alive. And Rex like, Oh, you know, I know Michael and I know what he's gonna do. I'm like, No, you don't know. You, you, no, you, you don't. think you know, no. but you don't yeah. know. And so yeah, we know, and so we go into the playoffs and Pat Riley makes us go when play, we're playing the Bulls in the first round. And we go back to two a days. And I was like,
2: yeah.
3: <laughs> why in the hell are we going to go back to 2 days when we know we're not going to beat this team? Like, can we just go to one practice? Well, we went to 2 days Right. And so right. we go out there, and it, it wasn't pretty. It, <laughs> it nah. was not pretty. Michael Jordan destroyed yeah. Rex Chapman. I... It wasn't pretty. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it, yeah. The Rocky theme—they they, should have played it. <laughs> ta-da, ta-da. Yeah, put that, home. Yeah, put they, that it, on. Yeah, they needed—they needed to play that, man. It, it didn't—it yeah. didn't help us, man. We—we we got smoked. It wasn't pretty. Yep.
2: Jeff, you yep. broke into the league in '83. That's the year before uh, Jordan arrived from North yep. Carolina. So you had a lot of head-to-head battles playing that shooting yep. guard position. Give our viewers and listeners an idea of what it was like to guard a Michael Jordan in his prime.
4: Well, you know Mike, the best I ever played against. I get I, I get asked that question every time I'm at camp. Is it, who the toughest you played? Even though I played against some great two guards, but Mike, you know you guys know him. His competitive level, his skill set, and the things he can do, man, and the way he was flying through the air, he was just a different type of guy. But what I tried to do with Mike, and I think we have to do with great players, we tried to run Mike off, Mike off many screens as possible. And I had a little success scoring against Mike because of that. Rick Mahorn, Jeff Rulon, Moses. We used just try to pick Mike to death. I didn't need much time to get up and shoot. So and I I think that's that's the way we approach Mike. Because you're not gonna stop him. And uh people always talking about guys who can score and they always bring Kevin Durant in man. He's a great scorer, but then Michael Jordan, man, they gotta do some he'll do some damage to you. the best ever, but he's the golden in my book. So, you know, so he's he's the best of all time.
3: You know, you talk about your time in Utah, you know, playing with two Hall of Famers, yeah. you know, you know, and how, how that experience was because that Utah team when Frank Layden was there, you guys had a pretty nice team yeah, with, we did. with those players. And and tell a little bit about playing with Malone and Stockton. I always thought those were that team was that team has always been one of the most fundamentally sound teams. Yeah during that era, you know, the back screens, mm-hmm. the, the single right. doubles, right. the pin downs, the pick and rolls. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could imagine what those guys would do like in a pick and roll in this day and age. Yeah, yeah I tell you, when I left
4: Washington seven years there and went there, you know, the atmosphere out there, a lot of people don't left, the fan base. They love their jazz out there. You guys have been there, you know, yep. and it was just fun being on that team and playing, like you say, like, two great Hall of Famers and the great guys, you know, especially Stock more than Karl. And I uh, did not even say that, <laughs> but, uh, but uh, it, it was just a great. I'm saying Jerry Sloan. Uh, and I have some, a lot of coaches in this league, but I love playing for Jerry Sloan. He, he's one of my favorite coaches all time. And we worked on that stuff every day at practice. Every day at practice, cross screen, down screen, and that pick and roll between John and Carr. Oh man, he slipped that screen. Stay. You've been there when he oh, slipped on you. Go out there. Yeah, he slipped that screen. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he used to do that. But I'm gonna tell you to, one thing about me, Amanda. Though we practice right he don't go hard in practice. He kind of be, you know, he was a great player. He just kind of chill. He don't shoot a lot in practice. But when we get to that game, man. He turns it up. I mean, he turns it up. Cause John is saying my John go hard at practice. Everybody else, but man, man just kind of float around. He might take two or three shots the whole practice. But when we get to that game and he gets it down though. So he, I really enjoy playing with those guys. And now I'm involved in their junior jazz program. And I've been back about five times this summer. And I go back and get a chance to see some old fans and, And uh, Donovan Mitchell, I'm meeting the new guys now, so I'm so close to him right now. Living in Phoenix, so I'm up all the time, stage going out there working with the little kids, and people come up and talk about the old days. So it's a lot of fun for me right now.
2: Hey Jeff, tell our our listeners about uh, John Stockton. I know that uh, talking to ex-players, they said that you know he had that choir boy look. He played at Gonzaga and all that, but he was nasty. He'd set that screen. He'd grab your shorts. He'd give you an elbow. People said he was he was he was small. But he he could he could be tough.
4: I don't think he was nasty. I thought he was just tough. I didn't think John he never came across me. He's a great guy. You know he's a quiet, stay-at-home type. Uh, Turning when the kids come in his driveway or his yard, he turned the sprinkle system on. He's that <laughs>
5: guy. You know <laughs> these
4: things, he really used to do that. used to wet the kids up. They run up. The- <laughs> he, he's a private guy, but I never looked at John like he was nasty. But he is tough though. And I'm gonna tell you something. Leaving Washington, I was shooting about. You know, 48, couple years, 49. When I got to Utah, I shot 50 the first two years because of the way he distributed the ball and we run the break, run wide. You turn around, you just feel the ball coming here, and you open, look back, cause it hits you and it hits you. And my, my my percentage went around 50, 51 in two of those years in Utah. So love playing with John. He's a great player.
3: You know, we we talk about the different eras and you know what's the difference between when we played in the 90s and and where they're playing it today. And one of the things I notice is is that this era guys, they don't practice a lot, you know, because, I mean, they don't practice at all where we would come in we could play back to back games and we was doing a full practice the next day. There was not a lot of days off, but when you look at these, this, this era players, man, if, if they, if they had two games in, in, you know, two games in a row, they're taking the night off. They're taking the day off in practice. And it's amazing that we see that. Yeah. I agree. We we when in Washington,
4: when I first got in, I'm a little older than you. Man, you're right. We used to practice. Man, we'd get off the plane and go to practice. Yeah. But now, load management. How about a loaded baker's table? What load?
3: management. <laughs> where, load, where that come from? Load management. What is that? It's, it's crazy because like I, I sit here and I think about. We were just talking about this today, and I was like, you know, I don't ever remember having days off. And then even if you no. did have a day off. You know, let's say, you know, let's say someone played, you know, like MJ, for instance. MJ played forty some minutes, okay? Then Phil would say, all right, let's, you know, we're gonna go, you know, four on four, three on three. Right. You were constantly doing something every single day. But right. I, I don't I don't remember having days off as a team. And you know we didn't yeah. have no days off in, in Miami. You could count them all on no. one hand. I think no. the three of them just was all star right. break. Right. But let me ask you a
4: question. Now, the injury well, I know it's injuries all eighties, nineties, but don't you think these guys get hurt a lot with all the time they have off and all the things they have compared to what we have from a medical standpoint? I see these guys get nicked up all the time though. Yeah, And we was going back to back. We, we didn't have no private jet in the beginning of the league now. It came on toward my end. Yep. We're in first class. We're in the airports. We stand up all night in Cleveland, get into Detroit, go to sleep real quick, get up and go play. I don't know. I just see a lot of nicks, man, with these guys. So they should be. I don't know. I just I, I, I see what you see, States. I really do. That's just the way the league gets down with all this rest and going on the road. Let's take a break and and Kyrie here going say he got some personal issues. Kyrie'll go away for two weeks. Like, and yeah. we couldn't
3: do that, Stace. No, you, I mean, <laughs> we do that. One, one of the things one of the things I've also attributed with their injuries is is that you know they they don't take time off during the summer. You know they're now, out there playing. I mean, you play a full eighty two games. And then you turn around, you get to the playoffs, where you made the playoffs, and then mm-hmm. you take a little time off, like a week off, and then you're in these summer leagues, and you run around playing right. in all these summer leagues. And that's something we didn't do. You know, uh, right. I, I know Phil Jackson used to tell us, because our season always went to June, you know, when you win in championships like that, Jeff. Right, right. You know, right. you're going until true, yeah. June, you know. So uh, he would always tell us, like, hey, look, come in October, come in about 70% shape, and then we'll work mm-hmm. our way. We don't care how our record work. is in preseason. We'll work right. our way through. And guys, right. you know, guys didn't play basketball during the summertime. That was a time you used to strengthen your body, get away from the game for a little bit. But you lifted right. weights. You did, you know, you did your strengthening and your stretching and the the massage part of it to keep your body fresh. But I, I liken it to a tire. You know, you you know, mm. you only get so many miles on a tire before the tread exactly. wears off and it blows out. And you're starting yeah. to see a lot of these guys get injured um, I mean, we just lost a rookie, you know, this this summer, you know, playing, you know, playing a pickup game, you know, and. Uh, oh, his really? an Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, all these extra games and stuff that they're playing, I, I think that's got to be some kind of a concern.
4: Yeah. Well, these guys got private coaches downstairs. They they always doing something in the gym and working out. I used to go play tennis, man, and get away from basketball. and I do hang out with my family and my friends. And but now these guys got all these people around them. I think they're just pushing them. I know they want to get better and you have to work, but you're right. You gotta set you gotta reset this thing and push away a little bit and go relax a little bit, man, and enjoy yourself. So but I guess if you do that, they'll say you're not working on your game. Because Anthony Davis made a comment, I haven't shot a ball in X amount of days. People went crazy. Yeah. They said, you know, <laughs> they was like, Yes, you ain't shooting. So and then again the gym, I think sometimes they may be overdoing the little states. I really do. I really do.
2: Hey Jeff, and getting ready for this interview, I was looking up some uh, information on on you, and I, I saw that your aunt was the first African American graduate of the University yes. of Alabama. What did she tell you yes. about that experience?
4: Oh, that was great, man. Vivian Malone, man, she passed away a few years ago, man, and uh, she was a great lady. And uh, we kind of sat down and talked about just that struggle, man. Ken, you know you back in Alabama in those days, and uh, you know being being in that classroom, man. She she was a strong young lady. She had to endure a lot of you know people just saying things saying things and she hung in there though she hung in there and she graduated and we're so proud of the man and uh and then she just she'll talk about all the experiences and things we went through and this uh is legendary and then when i go through when i used to go back to mississippi state we'll stop at alabama they got a little shrine for there or some of their name on it so it's a good deal down there in alabama they, they have something event for occasionally so that's a special moment and she was a great person
3: So, Jeff, you told us earlier you're you're working in camps and and you're helping young kids and, you know, you're flying back to Utah and they're, they're, you know, they're they're camps down there. Do you ever see yourself as a coach? Do you ever see yourself getting into coaching?
4: Well, Stace, you know we got coached in the uh, early leagues of the, uh, you know, somebody in San Diego, Yakima. Why she thought I was doing that? Oh, about Yakima! <laughs> oh, CBA,
3: baby! Oh, I, yeah, I've been I'm there many times. Yakima, man. I've been there many times, baby. Okay. I mean, there's not a lot okay. of things to do. It's like it's like uh, I am Legend in Yakima. It's like <laughs> I felt like Will Smith and I am Legend in right. Yakima, baby. It's like woo! I gotta get up, I, the hills, I, I, I up the hills. Have eyes.
4: I opened up the D leagues. So I I was in Columbus, Georgia for about five or six years. I enjoyed coaching. I one thing, Stacey got to me. I just got tired of being away from my family. My kids were young at the time, and yep. I missed a lot, though. So I kind of stepped away for a year. And once I did that, Stacey, I never got, never went back. That's exactly. Uh, maybe same. I should not have done that, but yeah. I just I got, I got, I said, Jeff, man, what well, you you missing all of this? So, and then I, but but the thing I do here is called Reach plus Bustle Club. I have a grandson now, states eleven year old. He's on my team. He's my point guard. So I just enjoy. We do after school programs. We do clinics, we do camps, we do. We have academy. We train, and I just enjoy giving back like that. And uh, there's a lot of ex-sons. And, like Fat Libra lives about five minutes from me. Man, Fat Play. Steve, so are you playing pickleball now?
3: You know what? I just had hip surgery, recovering from hip surgery. But that's what—that's the number one thing on my list when I'm able to move around, baby. Pickleball, yeah. not yeah. hide the pickle, yeah. but pickleball. Like, you know, oh America, oh my wow. goodness, hey, I'm sorry, hey, I meant pickleball. You know what I mean? Well, Freak? When you, when you get out, <laughs> you
4: got to play pickleball, man. I got to have a knee replacement in about five months. So I'm, a, I'm a going to the All-Star game. Right after All-Star game, when I come back from Salt Lake, I'm going to do my surgery. But pickleball, man, it's a beautiful game. You can play with your kids. And it's a social game where I meet a lot of people. And once you start talking to people from Chicago, because in Phoenix, you have a lot of people coming from all over because of the cold. And we run into people from all the back east. And you know, they come out hey. here. So this is
3: a fun game. when you. When you get back, right, just try it a couple of times, Jason. Oh, too. no, no. I'm, I'm going to try it because I've heard so much about it. People right. talk about it. I have a lot of friends that play, and they're like, oh, mm-hmm. man, you got to play this pickleball. You got to play this pickleball. And I'm like, okay, with this bad <laughs> hip, I ain't moving nowhere. If I can just stay right. located in one spot, <laughs> I'll play pickleball, okay? But I, but I saw it. I saw it the other day. I think ESPN yeah. ran a special on how the game was created. Yeah. And I was just like, no. I was so amazed at that. I'm like, "Yeah." That was, as soon as the doctor gives me the okay, I'm gonna be out there playing pickleball. It's the fastest growing <laughs> sport in America, It is. It is moving. It's moving, you know. Yeah, they're gonna now, have professional go leagues now.
2: Yeah. I'm not yeah, a pro. I won't, a pro. I won't be a pro.
3: I won't be a pro, but I'll be out there now, beating some old state, ladies. I, I, oh yeah, Tiger, Tiger Tiger King.
2: Yeah. Okay, okay. Tiger King. It, yeah, yeah, that's, me, that's, a yeah, that's a different show altogether. That's a different show out there, Deb.
3: Deb, I'm out there, baby. I I'm out there. Yeah, I can go. Oh yeah. Yeah, Tim, don't even say anything. <laughs>
4: Tim. Hey, have, you guys, have you guys seen him go? Yeah, he hey, this is my
3: dog yeah. partner right here. Tim. Timmy Whispers. Oh.
0: Yeah, you hear that sound. And then, oh man, that's some
3: bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> About 40 times yeah, yeah. a day.
4: Hey, he, you don't know. Look, he don't look like Charles Barkley. No, hell no. They're, they're, you know what? Don't <laughs> listen
3: to whispers. Okay, this is a guy, every time he has a tee ball, he's yelling four. He's yelling four in the fairway. Four, four. Right. Like, oh, man. Well, come that's because right. the guys
0: on the green, I know they're 400 yards up. I could still oh, hit him.
2: God. You're yelling four on your backswing.
3: <laughs> you know what? This guy, listen, he can play though. But I, I like golf. And, you know, now that I got my hip replaced, and I'm this, I know you just said you're getting that knee replaced, definitely yeah. do it, man, because, like, it's – I'm telling you, I wish I would have done this five years ago because yeah, like, I I, good, I've man. been, I've been sitting around Jeff waiting for them to come up with some less evasive surgery, right? Like, like right. some kind of injections or something. Yeah, and it just ain't <laughs> happening. And so I was like, you know what? after after the season, I was in so much, I was on bone on bone, bro. And so I was right. like, you know what? I got to get this done, man. I'm so glad that I did it. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's a process, you know what I'm saying? But, um, i feel so much better no more pain in the hip so i'm I'm getting right. ready for pickleball um you know i'm moving much better now than what i was last year mm-hmm. so yeah i would i would urge you to get that done bro
4: yeah it's amazing you said that because i did that with my knee i went to the orthopedic surgery in 2013. instead i said give me a shot I man i was trying to wait for something too i yep. didn't want it you know people say oh, i have surgery and i wish i had done it in 2013 but i'm gonna get it done after the all-star game i don't want i, I got a few i'm going back to washington but they have they changed their name 25 years ago. So they bring back a lot of Hicks bullets and stuff like that. we am going go up for that in October, November. I'm gonna hit Utah in February, but as soon as I get back
3: from Utah, boom, I'm going in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It it just you're you're it just improve your, your way of life. You know, mm-hmm. I mean like mm-hmm. I'm seriously, like I, I would get up in the morning and get on my phone for the Uber app. To see if I can mm-hmm. get a ride to the toilet. That's, that's how bad my hurts. <laughs> that's how bad. I didn't even want to walk the ten steps to the bathroom, Jeff. I was like, let me just call Uber and see if they see if they can come by and pick me up and take me to the to the bathroom, bro.
4: Get you get you a tow
3: truck, man. They'll pull you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it ain't, you you feel a thousand times better, man. I know. You feel a thousand times better. My dad did. My dad did about five years
4: ago. He told me he feel much better now, so he's done too. We got
3: a friend. We got a friend. Uh, his name is Clyde and uh, Clyde Harris he got both his <laughs> knees replaced and uh like he's back to playing basketball he's out running around really? jumping yeah oh man oh he did How old it did he? How old old is he? about fifty-five. 57 yeah 57 oh, years man. old yeah buddy oh, lee okay. yeah he yeah, like buddy not. lee but he he's he's out playing he's been playing for a while he runs on the treadmill um mm-hmm. he did a the, uh, we were at a party and uh somebody was you know this guy was talking about his knee was hurt he needed to get replacement and so he gave us like a little demonstration this dude did a he did a squat all the way to the floor and right. i was just like oh oh my mm. knees started hurting just <laughs> watching it and uh <laughs> but he said he said yeah, this is what happens when you get a knee replacement you can do this stuff now you right. go back to doing right. your regular riding bikes doing all the things the activities that you were doing before you know you can do again right that's true okay i'm gonna get it done No worry i'm gonna get it done yeah all right, man. I want to see you out there, okay. boy. I want to see you out there, boy. Right. Be on the golf course, baby. We might play some pickleball. And when, now, are when i are you going to All-Star game this year? You're not going to Utah. You everybody a... like always look at Utah man, like, man, don't man. look at Salt Lake like that, baby. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: a beautiful state. I so like first. Utah. I yeah, love Utah. You
3: think. No, no, I go, I go. I go out to stay in Park City. I like yeah, Utah. Park City's nice. Okay. The only yeah. thing I had a problem with Utah as as a player. Okay, <laughs> nightlife, night nightlife. You know everything shut down at like ten o'clock. You know it's like you know you can't get nothing. To, you can't go nowhere at like ten o'clock in the weekday. You can't. You can't even order beer. You can't even order yeah, alcohol yeah, during a it's certain a period. You know right. what I'm saying? Yeah. A but I ain't gonna lie club. though, Jeff. I ain't gonna lie. I will say this about Utah. Okay, I will say this about Utah. All right, they got some beautiful women. I'm just. Yes, I'm not. Do. I'm not lying hey, there. They got some beautiful women yep. in Utah. You know, people are oh, yep. L.A., Miami. Man, that is a gold mine <laughs> out there, boy, Utah. Oh, Lord <laughs> have mercy. Yes, you know, when animals. I
4: first got drafted in the league, my point guard, y'all remember Frank Johnson. Yeah, Frank. Yeah. Look, Frank. Frank Frank told me, Frank said, we, we were talking one day, we was getting ready to go on a road trip. And Frank said, hey, young fella, don't sleep on Utah. I said, man, ain't nothing in Utah. I was, I, that's the way I used to talk when I was young. Frank said, don't sleep on Utah, man. I, but I still didn't believe it, so I just... I used to stay in my room in Utah. It was a rest city for me. I didn't go anywhere. I didn't do anything. <laughs> but once I got traded out there, and I, I go around, and I said, oh, man, it's not bad out here. So, and the, the people are very nice, too. So I, I enjoy playing in Utah.
3: Really. Yeah, fan, good fan base. Good great fan, fan base, base. Great fan base. But the women. Yeah, oh. cutifies out there, man. <laughs> <laughs> and you just you just reminded me I need to go back out to Park City and hang out, and yeah. hang out in Utah yeah, he got That's so Yeah,
4: man got about... Five or six dealerships. you riding around town, Carmel on it, and you'll see Stockton dealership over here. So they, they you know, after Larry Miller, you know, before you know, they had a little arrangement with him, he owned a lot of dealerships. He's selling here, but those guys got those dealership deals going on out there now.
3: Uh, he took care of them. That's what you said. Yeah, he did. To they took guy. care of them. Yeah,
4: they, good deal.
2: Well, Jeff Malone, a two-time NBA All-Star, averaged 19 points a game in his career. Our special guest on episode 94, Give Me the Hot Sauce. You know, Stacy's a business tycoon now. He has his own signature <laughs> hot sauce. So we'll make sure we get that sent down to Chandler, <laughs> oh, really? Arizona. You can enjoy you like some of sauce? that.
3: You like hot sauce? Yeah, it's okay. I'm coming okay. out. Okay, well, you're you going to like my hot sauce, okay? you gonna, It's going <laughs> to okay. be some of the best So we'll hot send sauce that your way. You. Yes, we got our, our producer, that, Maddie. Like Maddie, she's going to get your address, and we're going to send you okay. out. Uh, our whole selection. I got four bottles okay. coming to you. Okay, goes, yeah. goes well and with my, that dry my, heat. My, my,
5: okay,
3: <laughs> and my
4: son loved it over there in the summer. Spring. Yeah, it, it was cold. He, but he, when when you weather weather guy I told him I said Chicago's a nice city, man. A lot of great restaurants, great jazz. He loved it over there,
3: man. So his he, son works so for the was, Bulls. That.
2: Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: windy city. Yeah, yeah windy city. Yeah, yeah he's. I, I saw him over at the uh, Advocate Center a couple of weeks ago when I was over there. Yeah, I'll probably be over in the spring. I can't come in the wintertime now,
5: State.
2: Hey,
3: State,
4: I don't have a coat out here. I gotta buy one state when I go to Washington. <laughs> nah, you
2: don't, no, you, do. <laughs> no, you don't need stay, one.
4: Now you won't need one. What?
2: Now you don't need one. I'm
4: gonna tell you something before we go. The coldest places I've ever been on NBA. And we came to play you guys one time and we went to Minneapolis one. Those are the two coldest places I've ever been in my hey, life.
3: Hey. Yeah. You ain't lying. <laughs> hey, listen, I, I tell people all the time. Minneapolis is a cold place. You, yes. know, you, you know it's yes. cold when when they have stuff built in your car and you can plug it into the the you know little the little uh, money thing where you have to what do you call those things? Um toll booth? No not the toll booth, but the thing you gotta put money in and then you leave your car for an hour or something. Parking meter. Parking, parking meter. meter. Oh, yeah. You can plug those into the parking meter. They have them built into the cars in Minnesota. It's the craziest thing because it gets so cold that your engine will freeze up if you don't have one of those kind of cars. And uh, of course, you know, I didn't have one of those kind of cars and my car froze up. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I learned very it's quickly. Dope, man. I learned very quickly. Hey, you still, you still drink? What is it, the kvassi What you drink? What is that stuff? A oh man, I've moved over to the red wine now.
4: Oh,
2: there you really? go. A oh, lot healthier
3: for you. We would, we, we would go. We would go every every trip we go on or whatever. We'd have dinner. Uh we'd be at the bar or something. Jeff would get one of those, you know, those big glasses. Yeah, the big snifters. Yeah, yes, yeah. yes. And he'd have one of those. And he'd be sitting there like, you know, Mr. Rourke nice on, uh, Fantasy Island. <laughs> you know, what y'all know about this? What y'all know about this? And no you know, we're uh, still we don't know, it. I didn't know nothing about that.
2: I don't mess with that brown
3: boy. I done moved to yep. wines too, baby. A lot of red and a good steaks, some fish. Yes. What's wrong with that, man? but oh, well, yeah, he, he was a classy dude. <laughs>
2: Absolutely. He classy yeah. Hey, Jeff, good luck with that upcoming uh, knee surgery, and thanks okay. so much for joining us on Gimme yeah, the Hot no Sauce. Problem. We appreciate it very much.
4: Anytime, guys. Stay All right, Jeff. Thanks,
0: man. Thanks, Jeff. Stay in touch, boy. Okay. Trying to score the best hot sauce in the game? Well, listen up, because we have a variety of flavors that will bring some spice into your life. That's right. <laughs> Give Me The Hot Sauce has the best small batch organic sauces for your kitchen. Whether it's Chicago-style red sauce with a garlic twist, fan-favorite <laughs> Pedro Verde, our spicy sweet King's Q, or the hottest of the bunch, Chicago Fire, burn your goddamn eyeballs out of your head.
2: That's hot, Chris. <laughs>
0: that is hot. <laughs> Stop by gimmethehotsauce.com, that's G-I-M-M-E, and use code KING21, like the kings of New York to get 21% off your first order.
2: You have no idea how much it cost us to get Christopher Walken to do an ads or ad read for the hot sauce.
3: That's right. <laughs> That's awesome.
2: Yeah. It's Great awesome. stuff. You know, uh, your buddy at Angel Water is going to be really jealous that he didn't get that treatment.
0: Yeah, it's too bad. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Shout out to cheap little eggs, baby.
0: That takes a little more coin.
3: <laughs> yeah, a little more coin other than a handshake and friendship.
2: Oh, my goodness.
3: Sorry, Andy. I didn't, want to, I didn't want to throw you under the bus like that.
2: Yeah, we'll tell you all about Angel Water in a bit, but first we want to talk a little Bears football. They wind up the preseason Saturday night in Cleveland against the Browns, and, and the Browns are are kind of a mess w- with the whole uh, Deshaun Watson story. But, Right here in Chicago, people are wondering what kind of quarterback Justin Fields is going to be in year two. He only played a couple of series, well, actually one series in the game against the Seahawks and let him down the field, and, and they played, he, he looked pretty good. And, and I think people are looking for reasons, Stacy, not to like Justin Fields. They talk about all the second-year quarterbacks and breakout guys. Nobody mentions Justin Fields anymore.
3: The lack of respect is unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, I mean you see Trey Lance gets a lot of, a lot of attention. Uh, Zach Wilson in New York, who's hurt. Mm-hmm. has been getting a lot of attention trevor now. lawrence, he, trevor you lawrence. <laughs> um you know i mean um you know mac jones in new england yeah you know so, some of those guys really deserve the attention because they had great rookie years mac jones especially was like the really the top rookie last yeah, year Yeah, he got them that. to the
2: playoffs last year
3: but this kid you know is not getting any kind of attention at all and i'm sure that's it's going to have a chip on his shoulder they got to protect him at the end of the day i mean they're having a good preseason but the, the offensive line still still you know still a problem and mm-hmm. they got to keep him upright but the kid's too talented man he's just too talented uh i love when he's on the move he keeps his eyes up the field you know um the the, the officials have to protect him too because there there was a game i think last oh. week where he slid and and clearly he was sliding and the guy came almost decapitated him um you know that's that's got to stop you got to mm-hmm. protect the kid man it's it's terrible
0: yeah that happened to him uh, last year too
2: yeah, and the Bears have been kind of experimenting in the offensive line. They moved Tevin Jenkins, who kind of disappeared for a couple of weeks. People were thinking he was going to get traded. They moved him from tackle to guard. He could wind up the opening day starter at right guard, and it's nice that they're not giving up on a kid that was drafted so highly. Of course, he went to that other school in Oklahoma.
3: Yeah, we don't mention them in the air. Um, <laughs> if you're not, if you're not, you didn't go to university, not of Oklahoma, sooner, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we don't talk about it, but he's a bear. Yeah. So, he's got to protect our quarterback. And like you said, Mark, it's good that they didn't give up on him. Uh, kid's got a huge upside. He's got a lot of size on him, it's strong. Um, just got to be patient with him. You know, you got to grow with him. And uh, he'll get better. He'll get better. But at the same time, you know, the Bears have to stay away from the injury bug. They have to. You know, they still got some, They still got some. you know, questions at the receiver spot. Um you know, guys got to get open, you know, because you can't leave this kid back there, especially when you know there's blitzes coming. You got to be able to find, he's got to give him a chance to find receivers. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, I know it's preseason and they're 2-0, and got a chance to go 3-0 and against the Browns because there's no Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I don't even know who the backup there is now. Is it? or who's the backup down? Yeah, Jacoby
2: Brissett's gonna be the starter. They yeah. have Josh Dobbs from uh, Tennessee played a lot yeah, in their last preseason.
3: Yeah, game. yeah. So the Bears should should win that preseason. And that should give them a little bit of confidence starting the regular season. Because I don't know who they who they open up against. San Francisco
2: Florida. at Soldier Field.
3: Oh see that's that's that that's gonna be, be a tough win. game. That could be a win for them. Could be. It could be a win because, you know, San Francisco, the first game at home. Look, there's a schedule right there. Thank you guys. Look at that. Oh Lord. Oh man. Okay, so Uh, realistically,
2: they can win a couple of those games.
3: They can win at least four of those games before the first six. Yeah. San Francisco, the Texans, New York, Giants. Commanders. 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 Right. Is is uh is is Kirk Cousins still the quarterback for the Yeah, uh,
2: yeah, he's still there. And he has a terrible record. We got a shot there. We got a shot
3: there too. We got a shot there too. And if we want to even go down further, the three games that I see them having a hard time with is Green Bay, the Cowboys, and the Patriots. But Miami they could beat them too. So I mean we could be looking at right now. Five and three, baby, in the first week from week two, week nine, baby. Woo, <laughs> and,
2: and if you're listening to the podcast, call up the schedule on your phone because Stacy's looking at the screen and you know.
3: Yeah, I'm looking at the screen, so I'm kinda cheating, America. This is <laughs> this is what happens when you upgrade when you go from getting That's right. small fish you know, a big fish in a, in a, in a little yeah, our graphics department doing a great yes, job. Yeah. Our graphics yeah. department yeah. is doing a great, so we can actually see what's going on. Okay. The Lions, Cisco. Okay. Look, the lions, they can beat the lions. They got lions twice at weeks, 10 through 18. They can beat the Falcons. They can beat the Jets man. Who, who said the, the bears Bears going to suck. Who said that? It's five and a half. Every
2: in Vegas. national media outlet.
3: Okay. But I'm, five and a half in Vegas. Yeah. Listen, really? It's crazy. I'm telling you right now, these are winnable games. The only games I see, I'm looking at, I'm looking at week ten to eighteen. There's only Green Bay,
2: Buffalo, Buffalo,
3: okay, Philadelphia could. I don't know, I don't, but that's still a winnable game.
2: Maybe split with the Vikings. You
3: got the Jets. You got the Vikings. You got two times with the Lions.
2: Man, what about the Lions? They're the hard knocks team. Dan Campbell yeah, listen, taking over the country I mean, by t- storm, <laughs> man. Tell you,
3: Dan Campbell, did, was he a tight end?
2: Yeah, yeah, he's okay. a big, he's a big man. He's a big dude, <laughs> yeah. man.
3: He should be like a wrestler. Yeah. He should be like a WWE wrestler. I'm just going to body slam people. Yeah. But he, he has so much energy. You feel so bad for him when they lose. Yeah, Because it's like, guys, we're right there. We're right there. We're right there.
0: Do you guys still
2: <laughs> watch the Hard Knocks or have you kind of got tired I've been of it? Yeah, it. Yeah, I've been watching it. It's fun. I've been
0: watching it. Well, it's like the curse, too.
2: What'd you think about the the top pick, Aiden Hutchinson doing the Billy Jean? in the first oh, that episode. Was, that, yeah. was, that was, that hey, was that cool. Was, that was pretty good. Yeah.
3: Uh, yeah that, you know, you got the team rally. He got a little flavor to him.
2: And the guy little... in the last show tried to juggle. It's like they're all yeah. booing him off the stage. Yeah, he tried to juggle. Yeah. <laughs> I'll
3: tell you what, though. I mean, when you watch that Hard Knocks, it's, it's good for fans because you get a chance to see behind the scenes. Yeah. I, I think that's one of the greatest shows it created. Sometimes you get crappy teams on there that you know is only going to win two games out of 16. <laughs> and yeah. you're like, oh, turn the channel. I'll see this. No, this is why they stink. You know, but... <laughs> But I give I give Detroit Lions some credit because they were in a lot of games last year. And I think Jared Goff, Jared Goff is a very good quarterback and they're going to win their share of games. They're not going to be a walkover. They play hard. They play hard for him.
0: (laughs) Have you ever seen that Jared Goff video where he goes to some little small college? He's the walk on. There's other there's already three quarterbacks. No, I didn't see that. Oh, you've got to see this. He yeah. puts a wig on, like a big bowl on his face. Oh, it's <laughs> cool. It's yeah. freaking hilarious. you got to have he, a sense of humor about he, yourself. And he really you know? does. Have he's, some fun. Yeah, he, and this was after people were picking on him. He did this video, and you just see what a great guy he is. And yeah. He's torching this team. They're like, wait, man, this guy's got an arm on him. <laughs> you, have to, you have to look it up. So he's but, a walk-on? yeah. And like they, everyone's like, they, they, the other quarterbacks, oh, man, look at this guy. you know. Like, yeah.
2: yeah, especially after they trade you to Detroit and Matt Stafford wins the Super Bowl. you got to have a sense of humor yeah, about yeah. yourself. That's some cold that, dealing right that there. Hurt, that yeah. Hurt. Hey, listen up, Bulls Nation. We want to make water healthier for your home and family. So look no further than our favorite new water here in the Hot Sauce Studios, Angel Water. It is delicious. This company is on a mission to provide water free of the toxins and chemicals that can cause long-term damage to your health. We thank Angel Water for providing the Gimme the Hot Sauce team with more than enough H2O to keep us cool and keep those pipes watered throughout the show. Stay hydrated all year with water you can trust. Angel Water. Call 847-382-7800 to get your water tested for free today. Ask for Chief Little Legs. They'll take good care of (laughs) you.
3: Listen, all jokes aside, America, this is some damn good water, okay? And I just want to throw that out there because I don't just drink anything. And um, yeah, this is some good water. Chief Little Eggs, you're (laughs) doing a great job over at Angel. Now you're growing um, up in Florida, East Coast, and now growing on the West Coast. It's crazy. Okay, all
0: right. You know, the water was so
3: bad in Florida. Who knew? Yeah, no, exactly, exactly. But this is some good tasting water um so shout out to and stacy uh,
2: stayed awake through the read today so i was yeah good. Yeah, yeah we made progress
3: Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> i wonder what the I reason was i want go to sleep when tim reads it all <laughs> right i don't know. go to sleep when you read anything mark when tim reads it i always go to sleep
2: we want to give them a professional to read this wow. week yes hey uh, roquan smith is back with the bears and, and then his teammates on the defensive side are saying that is just the jolt they need to get ready for the regular season i know that jalen johnson eddie jackson are saying hey we got our thumper in there in the middle and that's going to make a big difference on this defense
3: but them pockets was hurting. <laughs> it was long, was
2: <laughs> he, he knew the first payday was yeah, coming, right? Yeah, the first payday was coming up, bro. He wasn't
3: going to be sitting out riding a bike anymore. He's like, man, let me go get them pads yeah. on. And and listen, listen, man. I I, I feel bad for this kid because he good is, player. he's a very good player. He's the number one player on their defense. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're going to use the, the fact that You know, they're not winning and sack totals are down and all this other crap, but he's still an elite linebacker. And what I want to see him this year is to use that as motivation to show everybody in the league, the Bears, because he wasn't getting the interest from the league. That's the reason why the Bears were able to say, well, you know, there's no interest. So if he goes out and has a great year and becomes an all pro, you know, you're going to have to pay him.
2: One of the players who took a lot of heat during the uh, Matt Nagy era, of course, was the quarterback Mitchell Trubisky, and he moved on to Pittsburgh after a year with the Buffalo Bills, where he backed up Josh Allen. It was assumed he was going to be the starter there, but their number one draft pick, Kenny Pickett, has played so well, it's kind of a wide-open battle to see who's going to start on opening day. And I know you've always been a supporter of Mitch Trubisky. I'd like to see him get another shot in Pittsburgh, but it seems like the fan sentiment is, let's get the rookie in there, let's see what he can do. Well, I mean,
3: Kenny Pickett has has an advantage because he played at Pittsburgh, and so he has that fan base already coming mm-hmm. into the Steelers organization. But I think with Mike Tomlin, you know, he's going to look at the situation because look look at the numbers right there; they're very similar. I, mean, I, I know Pickett's thrown a little bit more, a lot more time, though. but but he's had, but he's probably going up against like second and third yeah, yeah guys. Yeah. Where you know Trubisky's going against the number one defense, and only for probably you know a half. But the difference, I and mean, you look at the interceptions, oh, Lord, those are the college interceptions? Oh, well, 32 to 10. <laughs> well, you can't really go on
2: that. Well, Mitchell only played one year. Yeah,
3: you can't really go on that. But Mitchell Trubisky has looked really, really good in Pittsburgh here in the early going. You know, the, I think the main thing is not turning the ball over, you know, making right decisions. They got a lot of good weapons on the outside, which is, and they got a decent running game. So when you have a decent running game, Mitchell Trubisky has a chance to really, really shine, as he did in his all-pro season here in Chicago when they had a running game with Jordan Howard. They had, you know, the play-action worked. When you don't, you can't run the ball. I don't care what team you are. If you can't run the ball, there is no play-action. It doesn't fool anybody. They put eight in the box. You can play action all day long, they're still blitzing you because they don't respect the fact that that fake doesn't work. And Mm -hmm. so he's on a team now where he's got good receivers, good running back, and he's going to be able to prosper.
2: Well, speaking of quarterbacks, the NFL lost one of its legends this past week, Len Dawson, the great quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs. He was the starter in Super Bowl I against the Green Bay Packers. He led the Chiefs to an upset of the Minnesota Vikings in Super Bowl four. He passed away at the age of 87. And you know, it's funny with social media. Did you see that shot of him smoking a cigarette on yeah, the bench with the yeah, fresca, the yeah. bottle of fresca? Yeah. I mean, that, 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 was the, that was the way sports were played in the 60s. That's
3: the one thing I remembered about watching him play was he's sitting over there smoking a cigarette <laughs> and drinking fresca. And you know, I mean, same thing with, with uh, the wide receiver, Max McGee. Right, you know, right. You know, yeah. Yeah. Here's a guy who wasn't even supposed to be a starter. He's out partying and drinking the night before the Super Bowl. Yeah, so a guy got of, hurt in warm ups yeah, and he had to play. He had to play and, and end up being a starter. hung hungover. Right? Unbelievable. <laughs> Great stories.
2: But Len Dawson, even after his playing career, he was part of the Kansas City Chiefs broadcast team for 35 years. And everyone who's uh, met him said, just a wonderful guy. So RIP to Len Dawson, one of the true greats of the old AFL and an NFL Hall of Famer. Hey, the WNBA playoffs have reached the semifinal round. Yeah. The Chicago Sky had to work hard. They, they won the game in Brooklyn to advance to the semifinals. They play the Connecticut Sun, a team they've swept during this season. But I watched some of the game last night between the Sun and the Wings. The Sun has a lot of size up front. That's going to yeah. be a tough series.
3: Yeah, and those games, I mean, even though the, the Sky has swept them, they've been close yeah. games. I'm telling you right now, America, I'm getting out to one of these There games. you go. I think they play Sunday. Sunday night. So I may have to slide on out there and see my girl, you know, see my girl uh, Parker get out there and, and Kalia Cooper. She's the, really the MVP yeah, right she now. Is. She is. She's she's taking her game to another level. Yep. She did that last year on their run. Um, the guard the guard play is really, really good for Chicago. It's an opportunity now because it goes to five games now. Right. Okay? So it's an opportunity for them to come out and, and play the way they're supposed to play, you know, Take care of home court, and then go steal a game, and then series over, going to the finals again, probably against the, 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 the Aces.
2: Yeah, the top four seeds of all advanced. So the other series is the number one seed, the Las Vegas Aces, against the Seattle Storm, Sue Bird in her final year, 40, 41 years old, still playing well. She had a double-double in one of the games in the first round. Uh, before we get out of here, we, we want to talk about a huge upset. They're saying the biggest upset in the history Ooh. of the UFC, Leon Edwards. With a knockout when he was getting beat badly in a fight
3: let me tell you something this is what makes the ufc so fun to watch because i watched the fight and leon edwards he came out in the first round i thought he won the first round but from you know rounds there's two, the kick there if it you're right watching there. yeah that's yeah, powerful I mean, there unbelievable he was getting beat just getting dominated he was getting bullied um usman was just having his way in the middle rounds and i think maybe two Two and a half minutes away from winning and retaining his title. And then possibly, I think, either he was going to tie Anderson Silver for the most. Yeah, tie Yeah, he was going to tie him for the most uh, wins, um, title wins. And then he just, just for one second, this will tell you how, how, how easy this is to get knocked out. He, he dodges a jab and then gets kicked in the face. Yeah. And, and he was out before he hit the ground. And they show, they show Leon Rocky Edwards preparing for that fight and they showed that same kick that he worked on in practice for months and it came to pass in this title fight and it showed up at the right time because that's the thing it's a bang bang type of play mm-hmm. you know so he's jabbing jabbing and then so so Usman kind of you know fades from the jab and goes down and it was just rock right in the yeah. face it was a perfect kick
0: but haven't you noticed that when something like that happens to a fighter they don't come back the same they never do
3: well, I mean, <laughs> the funny thing about this is I, I think he will come back. we will come back, with the think edge it, is
0: gone. Look I, at Aldo who fought the same night.
3: Well, I mean, that, that's kind of like a Hail Mary. You know, you're getting dominated, and then all of a sudden you wing a punch and you knock someone out. That's kind of a Hail Mary type thing in UFC. He was getting totally dominated. And so um, – you know, you look at these other fighters in the middleweight division, Kobe Covington. Um, you've got, uh, you know, uh, Jorge Mansoval. I mean, he's a guy that's already asking for a title shot with Leon Edwards. You know, everybody, Conor McGregor's even thrown his hat in the ring, like, hey, I'll fight the guy. You know, it'll be an interesting fight. But no one really wanted to fight Usman. You know, Usman was dominating people. I mean, beating people up, bully. It was bully, 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 bully. And now, it's, it's invincible. And that invincibility is gone, so therefore, He's gonna have to regain that and regain his 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 knowledge of the game, and then also get that fear factor back in.
2: Whispers, you do a Conor McGregor, don't you? Impersonation. Oh geez, I'd have to
3: think about that. for <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> you, you think <laughs> he's gonna, You think he's coming back again? Yeah, yeah, he'll he'll be back. Cause he's, the money'll be there, right? Yeah, but he's also young. He, people forget how young he is. And what is he? Thirty three now. Yeah, I mean.
2: Yeah, too much of uh, his own whiskey, though. <laughs>
0: Yeah. <laughs> and Proper it's, twelve. It's, Proper twelve. As Hagler says, it's hard to get up at five in the morning when you're sleeping in them silk sheets. <laughs>
2: well, Stacy uh, knows about the uh, great treatment, uh, whether it's silk sheets or great limousine rides uh, here to the Hustle and Flow Studios. Tell the folks how they can get Windy City Limousine service.
3: America, <laughs> <laughs> Windy City Limousine provides championship service. Making a reservation is so easy, it's a slam dunk. Let Windy City break the full court pressure of traffic and get you to your destination in style and styling on time. I don't think Tim had it today because he wasn't on time. Anyway, <laughs> I didn't mean to throw him under the bus, but contact us at 847-916-9300. That's 847-916-9300. And it could be Red Fancy Night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my
0: That's God. That's what we are waiting for. Come on, Whispers. It's an only but a goodie. Yeah, you can't can't go bad with that one. No.
2: Yeah. Hey, we want to thank the hot sauce crew for doing a great job as always. They put a lot of time in preparing for the show. Uh, if you watch on Twitch or on YouTube, you see all the graphic work they're doing, which is fantastic. Really adding to the enjoyment experience of the show. And if you haven't checked it out yet, you really should because it's uh, you know the podcast is great, but getting a chance to watch our fun expressions and all the graphics makes that much better so special thanks to jeff malone for joining us today and a brand new edition of gimme the hot sauce coming your way next week so for stacy and whispers and the great hot sauce crew we thank you for watching and listening stacy time to get out of here drive home safely chicago